Day two of Buffalo Bills training camp is in the books. Isaiah McKenzie is emerging in the slot. I'm breaking that down and more today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Tuesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, or if you are joining us on the YouTube channel, your first watch every day. I know that I said happy Tuesday. You're probably listening to this on a Monday. Look, folks, I'm just trying to get this information out to you as quickly as possible. The Bills wrapped up their practice around 11.30 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. I have reactions to it. There's press conferences. There's practice recaps. I just got to get this information to you as soon as possible. So if I say happy Tuesday and it's Monday, how about a little grace for that? All right, I'm just trying to get this information to you as soon as possible. Now, look, the Bills had their second training camp practice of the season on Monday, and there are some interesting takeaways that we need to dive into on the podcast today. We'll do that. We'll talk about a new player that the Bills signed and then some some comments from Leslie Frazier, Stefan Diggs, and Dawson Knox that I want to reflect on as well on the podcast, including some information on Von Miller and his role in the rotation and the percentage of snaps that he might play this year. So a lot to dig into here on the podcast. Let's do start with the practice takeaways. And of course, big shout out to so many great people that are in attendance right now at camp, including the guys from Cover One, Eric Qu- Aaron Quinn, Eric Turner, Greg Tomset. You know, they're doing a great job of giving us information to respond to here on this podcast as well as their own. So make sure you guys are following all those guys, Cover One, check out their podcast, their YouTube. You know, they're definitely pumping us full of good information to respond to from the practices. But I think the biggest storyline now is you stack up yesterday and today is Isaiah McKenzie and him being the featured slot receiver for this offense so far. You know, we even had our daily staff meeting with the Draft Network on Monday. And part of what we do in the staff meeting is talk about the most notable storylines that are coming up across the NFL. And this was a topic of conversation. Isaiah McKenzie and his emergence as the lead slot receiver, that was something we talked about in that session. So this is interesting to me. My expectation is that was that Jamison Crowder was going to be the Bills guy in the slot. So far, it's been Isaiah McKenzie. It's two days, and so that's a small sample size, but it's growing. It's also very important to note that Jamison Crowder didn't practice on Monday. He was on the stationary bike, and so obviously the number one contender for the slot role wasn't available, so you would expect to see a heavy dose of Isaiah McKenzie, but this has been consecutive days now. And we look at this slot position for this Bills offense, and you know it's been the Cole Beasley show. There's been a lot of targets to Cole Beasley. He's been 
like the most productive slot player in the NFL from the slot during his time in Buffalo. And you go back to last year, 112 targets. 2020, 107 targets for Cole Beasley. 2019, 106 targets. There's some market share here that's available to be claimed. And then you add in the production and opportunity that a guy like Emmanuel Sanders got or a couple years ago what John Brown got, and you realize that there are plenty of targets to be claimed in this offense. And so right now, the leading candidate in the slot is Isaiah McKenzie. Now, when we look at those markets, that that market share in totality, you got to talk about Gabriel Davis. You got to talk about getting the running backs more involved. You got to talk about getting the tight ends more involved. And so I don't think that it's as, as simple as those 100-plus targets per year that is that have been going to Cole Beasley just get transferred to Isaiah McKenzie. I, I don't think it's that clean of a situation. I think the Bills are looking at an all-of-the-above answer in the slot when it comes to distributing those targets. And at this point, it certainly looks like Isaiah McKenzie is primed to get a lot of that. But I don't want to overlook some of that going to tight ends and some of that going to wide receivers and then, you know, wide receivers as in Gabriel Davis, but also running backs. So I think Isaiah McKenzie is certainly positioning himself well to claim more market share here, but I think versatility is really the name of the game here. And and maybe Isaiah McKenzie will be the leading slot receiver for the Bills, but I still think you're going to see a lot of that go to James Cook getting flexed into the slot or Dawson Knox or moving some of the other wide receivers around. So certainly an interesting situation. We had talked about the evolution of this bill scheme, how those targets were going to be distributed. And I think one of the early returns so far in camp is, look, Isaiah McKenzie is positioned very, very well right now to be that guy in the slot and uh, claim a lot of that market share. Certainly a very interesting spot at this point. Again, I'm not ruling out Jamison Crowder. He obviously didn't practice on Monday but it certainly appears that Isaiah McKenzie has the upper hand. When it comes to another receiver that it sounded like popped on Monday, it's Khalil Shakir, the Bills' fifth-round pick out of Boise State. Saw plenty of tweets from Greg Thompson and Aaron Quinn with positive remarks for Khalil Shakir and talked about how soft and natural his hands are and how he just extends extends his hands and, and catches the ball confidently away from his frame makes good adjustments to the football, super smooth athlete. And so this is a player that, you know, we've talked about. If the Bills picked him in the third round, I wouldn't have blinked an eye. They got him in the fifth round, and I'm not sure how much of an impact he's going to make as a receiver this year, but you kind of take this year to incubate, and you get really excited about what Khalil Shakur can mean for this team beyond this year as a receiver, but maybe this year he's – one of the leading candidates to be a return option, right? So that's certainly a way that he can make an impact this year. Another thing that I'm starting to hear a lot about, you know, stacking days of practice reports here is the inclusion of Texas routes in the offense out of the backfield. And so what is a Texas route? Well, it's it's a route run by a running back where they're aligned typically next to the quarterback and gun. And they kind of angle, take an outside release, kind of a, I would say, kind of like a 45 degree towards the the sideline. 
and then cut back inside, usually cross the face of a linebacker and catch the football. Some people call them an angle route, a Texas route, whatever you want to call it, but it's just kind of a an out and then back across kind of two 45-degree cuts, and it's a great way to get running backs going in the passing game. And you've heard about this being a staple of what has been observed at practice to this point with James Cook being on the receiving end of, of those opportunities. And I get excited about that. I think this is a really obvious way to me to get the running backs going more in the passing game. You know, you can lift coverage by sending a lot of vertical routes and having some different crossers and outbreaking patterns, and then you release that running back on that Texas route, and to me, there's just a lot of opportunity there. It's a difficult situation to defend, especially if you're an off-ball linebacker, and, you know, you're seeing guys be, get behind you, and you got to sink and sink and sink, and all of a sudden, here comes this running back. You're playing your zone, you're, you're potentially in zone coverage. Here's this running back on a little angle route, and he's a good athlete, and he catches the football, and now you got to deal with him isolated in space. Really nice opportunity for the Bills to get the running backs going, create more yards after catch, and have an answer to the soft-shell zone coverages that are inevitably coming to defend this Bills offense. And so whether it's been the Texas routes or James Cook getting out into the slot and running routes, you can see and sense that there's a big plan for him and how he can impact this Bills offense, especially as a pass catcher. And I get really excited about it because to me it's – I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy or cheap production because there's a lot on James Cook's plate to be able to come in and do all this stuff, but it's a simplified way for the Bills to create some offense and allow for Josh Allen not to have to make spectacular throws and runs all the time for this offense to move the football. These are nice things to have in the bag that you can build a lot of your stuff off of. You know, you get those Texas routes going, all of a sudden they're going to run outbreaking patterns and really put that linebacker in conflict. And it helps you in the screen game because it's just a different look. And you can, you can kind of have that route stem, that early route stem, the way you release, and you can build a lot of different things off of it and, and put defenders in conflict. And so I get very excited when I think about how the passing game become, can become more efficient for Josh Allen by including James Cook and what he offers as a, a very multifaceted uh, player, but is certainly as a receiving option. I get very, very excited about that, how you can build off of that type of stuff. Courtesy of Eric Turner, cover one. He said, we saw a two running back set with Devin Singletary and James Cook. The Bills emptied it out, and Allen hit Cook in the slot on an option route. I mean, that's the stuff I love. Put two backs in the game. You know, you're probably forcing base personnel from the defense. All of a sudden, you're motioning James Cook out to the slot and putting him in a situation where he can run an option route, read the leverage, and get open and provide an available target for Josh Allen. I just get super excited about this. You're hearing a lot about James Cook and that pass-catching ability and how the Bills are going to unleash him, and I'm thrilled. I do want to get into um, some of the information that Eric Turner has also brought to our attention because he's really good at observing drills and talking about the practical ap application of drills. But you know, through two days of practice, you're definitely getting a strong indication that this Bills offensive line is doing a lot of zone run blocking, which was it's been our expectation. We know that the Bills have been a multiple run scheme, but based on the personnel changes, based on the running backs they brought in based on the coaching influence in this room, 
we figured there would be an emphasis on the zone rushing attack, and, and certainly the drills through two days of practice have been a strong indicator of that. I'm excited to see that component of the Bills' offense really take off, and I think he just gives you a lot more opportunity in the RPO game and the bootleg game, um, having some shallow crossers and just how you can build your passing offense off of that zone rushing attack. I think there's a lot of opportunity here for this Bills' offense to evolve. Also, when it comes to the offensive line, you know, Roger Saffold is hes not available right now. He's on the NFI list, the cracked ribs. Who knows when he's going to be back? And the Bills actually signed an offensive lineman who we will talk about here in just a moment. But it's part of kind of shuffling the deck and trying things out and experimenting with different personnel groupings. David Questenbury played left guard on Monday. And that's interesting because he was the right tackle yesterday and you would think with David Questenbury going over to left guard that it's just a natural opportunity for Spencer Brown to be the right tackle well that wasn't the case Tommy Doyle got a lot of run with the first team at right tackle and so (laughs) I know that Roger Saffold in his injury certainly puts a little bit of a wrench into some of our expectations for this offensive line but There is no indication to me right now that the Bills are settled at all at right tackle. You thought David Questenbury had a chance to to take the job from Spencer Brown. Well, is Spencer Brown even the number two? Again, don't want to read too much into it. It could be just tinkering and experimenting and just seeing how different guys look in different spots and giving them these exposures at this point in the season in case you have to do it later on. But I was very surprised to see Spencer Brown not get all of the run at right tackle with Questenberry kicking over to left guard. So the Bills are definitely sorting out this offensive line situation as we speak. Saw a lot of positivity when it comes to several of the Bills' defensive backs. And it really does seem like over the first two days of practice that things have favored the defense, which is Totally the norm when it comes to football early on. Defenses are always ahead of offenses, and you would expect that to especially be the case in Buffalo where you have everybody back on defense basically, right? Same scheme, same players, same coaches, maybe a few upgrades with you know Von Miller and those types of things. But offensively, that's where you're going to experience the most turnover, right? A new coordinator, several new position coaches, a different pecking order for targets. You're working in new personnel groupings that you didn't have in the past. Of course, the defense is going to be ahead of the offense at this point. But we have heard really, really good reviews so far from Dane Jackson through two days of practice, really stepping in and locking down one of those corner spots. Taron Johnson, who we would expect to hear great things from. Jordan Poyer. Sounds like he had a really good day on Monday. Again, no surprise there. But how about Cam Lewis? Some positive remarks for Cam Lewis. How about Nick McLeod? Two interceptions on Monday. Getting reps at safety. He's a guy that I think we have to really start thinking of him as a safety for this football team. The Bills only have five safeties on the depth chart right now. Poyer, Hyde, DeMar Hamlin, Jaquan Johnson, and Josh Thomas. That's not enough, right? So one of the corners is really a safety. And to me, at least that's Nick McLeod. We've heard it. Frazier's talked about it. We've now had practices where people have seen him playing safety. That's something we have to really, really consider. But it sounds like he's you know, providing versatility. We talked about that yesterday, right, from Brandon Bean's press conference. You can't be a one-hole backup. 
And so Nick McLeod, as a guy that can, you know, obviously is trained at corners, getting opportunities at safety, can help on teams. He's a player we should start really taking seriously as a guy that can make this roster. Sounds like Kyer Elam is getting a lot of opportunities to face Stefan Diggs in practice, and that is a good thing. And we expect Stefan Diggs to win those matchups, right? And Kyer Elam is getting tested. He's given up plays, but that's what you want, right? Figure it out right now. That's what camp is for. And we'll get to it in just a moment. And Stefan Diggs was asked about some of those matchups against Kyer Elam, but from the Kyer Elam side of things, I'm very excited to see him facing Stefan Diggs. This is the NFL. Everybody's got good receivers. You can't hide that. Go ahead and get tested right now and get this figured out. That way you can step in and help this football team. Iron sharpens iron, and I think this is a great example of that. Then lastly, um, we heard about the punt return candidates from yesterday's practice. Today we heard about the kick return candidates, and the pecking order for kick returner were was Marquez Stevenson got the first chances. James Cook was second man up. Raheem Blackshear was third. And Khalil Shakir, number four. And so, you know, that's going to be important for a guy like Marquez Stevenson. Proving himself as a returner is where he can really force his hand to make this roster, and especially as a kick returner, because that's what he did well at Houston. He really didn't punt return at Houston. He was a really, really good kick returner. Interesting that James Cook is at number two, where, I mean, you start to think about James Cook as a return guy, as a pass catcher, as a running back, you can just see just the multifaceted nature of what this guy can do for a football team. I, for one, get very, very excited about that. And then, of course, a couple of rookies and Raheem Blackshear and Khalil Shakir getting those opportunities as well. Um, Blackshear, certainly that'll be on his plate during preseason, but we'll see how Khalil Shakir settles into this conversation as well. So a lot of really interesting Takeaways from practice and, you know, certainly when it comes to the DBs, the wide receivers, the return situation, how the offensive line is handling uh, not having Roger Saffold is certainly the stuff that I wanted to focus our conversation around today. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can get you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. All right, let's talk about some of the comments made by Bill's defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, Stefan Diggs, and Dawson Knox. Just a couple of things when it comes to Frazier. He did talk about the absence of Tredavious White and certain players that he's going to have to lean on if he's not available for week one. But one thing that Frazier did say is that there is hope Tredavious White will be ready for week one. That's the first time we've heard that. We've heard he's on schedule. There's been no setbacks. But Leslie Frazier said the hope is that Tredavious White will be ready for week one. He also said the Bills have to be prepared that he won't. But there's hope. <laughs> and I, for one, think that's meaningful. 
He did point to Kyer Elam, Dane Jackson, and Tim Harris as guys who might need to step up if Trey White is not ready to go in week one. We expected Kyer Elam. We expected Dane Jackson. But Tim Harris, that's an interesting name. I don't think a lot of people are considering Tim Harris as a real threat to make this roster. But Leslie Frazier, for whatever reason, name-dropped him when discussing candidates that might need to step up in place of Tredavious White. And look, if you think about Nick McLeod as a safety, as you think about Cam Lewis as potentially not necessarily an outside guy, you know Tim Harris is right there in this conversation. The next thing that I want to get in from into from Leslie Frazier is what he said about Von Miller and the rotation, right? Because we, we've kind of gotten to, into this a bit on the podcast before, but Von Miller, a guy that's played a ton of snaps in his career in terms of percentage of snaps, and the Bills, a defense that rotates a ton. This is what Leslie Frazier said on Von Miller and the defensive line rotation. He said, quote, we've had discussions with Von about that, and he understands our philosophy and will come to a happy medium. Well, let's look at what the norm has been for Von Miller. As a rookie in 2012, 90% of the snaps. 2013, 84%. 2014, 84%. 2015, 76%. 2016, 81%, 2017, 86%, 2018, 78%, 2019, 84%. And then, of course, he missed 2020 last year in 2021, 76% with Denver, 79% with the Rams. So we're talking about a guy that is mid-70s to mid-80s every single year when it comes to percentage of snaps played. That's pretty much unprecedented territory when it comes to a Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier defense. I don't expect for Von Miller to push for 80% of the snaps. I think it'll probably be between 65 and 75%. And I think we need to acknowledge this as a good thing, right? I mean, Von Miller's 32 years old. I still think he could play at a high level for a number of seasons. But if you want that to be true, I think managing that workload is going to be very, very important. And if there's anything the Bills have done a good job of, it's managing their personnel, the workload, and making sure that guys are fresh when they need to be. And so while I, I know we're all excited for Von Miller and six-year, $120 million deal and you know a future Hall of Famer trying to win his third Super Bowl in Buffalo, all that stuff is true. But I don't think we need to sit here and stress over, is he going to play 80% of the snaps or 85%? I don't think we should want that. I think we should be very comfortable with that 65 70% mark. He'll be able to make a big-time impact, but also allow him to make a big-time impact for multiple years down the road. Now, Von Miller talked about this yesterday and said, look, I can't make plays if I'm not on the field. I want to play. I'm used to playing a lot. You'd expect nothing less from Von Miller when asked about that. Any competitor wants to be on the field all the time. But I think the the smart approach here is understanding that expecting 85%, you know, that's that's really not something we should be targeting or wanting for Von Miller. I'm comfortable with the 65 to 75% threshold when it comes to Vaughn. A couple other people met with the media. I won't sit here and get into everything that they said, but the most interesting things that I was able to extrapolate, Stefan Diggs, he talked about going against Kyer Elam. And I think he said something here that's important for everybody to know. And that's that, look, hey, it's day two. This is day two. He said, if you wanted me to talk about Kyer Elam, ask me when it's day 16 or 17. I'll let you know then, but it's day two. And as we As we said yesterday on the podcast, look, we can't live and die with every little nugget that comes out of Bill's training camp. We're looking for trends. And I do think it's important and a good reminder that Stefan Diggs gave us that, hey, 
It is day two. Yeah, I, I don't know how good Kyer Elam is. Ask me on day 16 or day 17. I'll have a much better understanding of it then. He also commented on what's next for him and Josh Allen, and that's interesting, right? He's, they're going into year three. They've had a couple of Pro Bowl seasons together. Stephon Diggs led the league in receiving as a rookie. What's next? And I really liked how Diggs answered this question. He said, look, we just have to stay on the same page and dominate. He said, don't ride the roller coaster. Don't ride the ups and downs. Just keep playing, compete. I don't want to lose. Stay on the same page and dominate. And I think the overall trend that I gathered from listening to Stephon Diggs is that there's just so much maturity there. There's so much leadership there. You know, he talked about individual goals and said, look, I don't have individual goals. I have team goals. That's for damn sure. But he's not worried about his production. He said his confidence comes in how he prepares. That's a big statement. I love that. My confidence comes in how I prepare. I think that's a great lesson for anybody in any walk of life in terms of what you're working on. How are you preparing for reaching your goals? Are you doing a good job? Is your process good? Are you working hard? Because that's where your confidence should come, that you're going to get to where you want to get. And you listen to him talk about Gabe Davis and Khalil Shakur and the way he's working with them. You can just tell there's just such a great leadership and maturity that comes from Stefan Diggs. And, you know, this guy, this guy's a total package. Not only is he a dominant football player, but he means a lot to this football team from a leadership component. Real quick on Dawson Knox, uh, I really appreciated the way he answered a question about the mentality of the football team. You're seeing a lot of questions about that, right? The Bills are the, uh, the, the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. And so a lot of questions on expectations. And on the mentality of the football team, Dawson Knox said, look, we're embracing this mindset of being on the hunt. He said, we didn't even make it to the AFC Championship game last year. And that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that this team isn't, caught up in their press clippings and expectations, but hey, we have to go out and do it and earn it. We have to be on the hunt. Hey, we didn't make the AFC Championship game last year. We haven't proven anything. And that's the right mindset. That is the right mindset. And I thought last year, you've heard me say this a million times. If you listen to this podcast last year during the season, I thought the Buffalo Bills were an entitled football team. That they thought if they showed up, that the game would go a certain way because of you know what they had and the expectations on the team. I thought that got lost in, in some of the inconsistencies last year is that the Bills, I felt, were an entitled football team. And based on the messaging that you're hearing from Dawson Knox and, and Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, you could tell that they're very, they're very hungry. They're very humble. They understand the expectations on them, but they know that nothing's going to be handed to them. They have to earn it. And I like the mindset of this football team based on the messaging that we're getting from press conferences. Also from Dawson Knox, he mentioned his contract. Because uh, as we know, he's an expiring contract, and, and he, he sounds very motivated to stay in Buffalo for a long, long time. He said, I have communicated that I want to be here for an extended period of time, and that he actually recently purchased a home in Orchard Park, like in the last few months. And so it certainly sounds like a guy who's planning on being in Buffalo for you know, several more seasons, and I certainly hope that's the case. Last thing I want to get to here today is that the Bills did sign an offensive lineman. They signed Jordan Simmons. Uh, I'll tell you about Jordan Simmons. He's 28 years old, was an undrafted free agent in 2017 out of the University of Southern California. He was a big-time recruit coming out of high school, a five-star recruit, the number two offensive lineman in his high school recruiting class. But then he only played in 21 games with two starts in college. Very interesting situation there. Um, He started his career at USC as a guard, 
and he played guard in 2012, 2013, and 2014. He actually switched to def- defensive tackle in 2015 and then back to guard in 2016. Again, only only played 21 games and two starts. He had several knee injuries, like four or five different knee injuries. He actually applied for a sixth year of eligibility, but he was denied. But, you know, like he didn't get drafted, but he still was a UDFA in 2017, and the guy's sticking around, right? Got to hand it to him. Really not a very experienced player, but keeps getting opportunities, right? He was originally, like I said, with the uh, the Raiders. Uh, he was then uh, waived, and then the Seahawks signed him to their practice squad, and then uh, the the Seahawks signed him again, or the Raiders signed him back at some point. So he's kind of bounced around between the Seahawks and Raiders. But this guy, with very little to show for his resume outside of being a two-game starter and a five-star recruit, uh, has found a way to to be in the league for a number of seasons now. And so that's you know at least an interesting piece of information when it comes to Jordan Simmons um, spent last year on the practice squad. It puts the bills at a, the, the 90 man roster maximum at this point. But yeah, on one hand, there's an interesting story here about Jordan Simmons and his story and his path and that he's still getting opportunities in the NFL, but also, Hey, this is a clear response to the bills and the Roger Saffold situation where they found out that he's got cracked ribs He's on the NFI list, and they certainly felt the need to go sign another player to add to the mix. And a guy that's been around for a while, he started nine games in the NFL, appeared in 25. And so it's not like this is a player that uh, is a random UDFA out of a small school, right? This is a big school guy, a big-time pedigree, uh, a guy that's been around a little bit. So um, it's it's not good news to me when it comes to us feeling better about Roger Saffold and him being back sooner rather than later. Uh, but certainly uh, the type of guy that, look, if this is the 90th man on your roster, I think you can do a lot worse, and there's some level of intrigue here in terms of the skill set because he's been able to stick around for as long as he has so far in the NFL. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Uh, you know, it's a fluid situation right now when it comes to the content. You know, We're going to get to herd mentality. I have some other uh, show concepts lined up, but as news continues to happen here with the Bills being in training camp, Things will be fluid. The only thing I could promise you is that tomorrow I'll be back for you talking Buffalo Bills football. So don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.